Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Social Angle Podcast. It's your girl, Melissa, and I'm here with a very exciting episode for you. So we're gonna feature Jake Kralik, who is ASI's Executive Creative Director. He's been with ASI for 13 years and was previously ASI's Digital Marketing Manager. He's a born communicator with a deep love for the art and craft of advertising and has extensive experience in video and new media and has helped ASI launch a successful video program. Outside of his role at ASI, he has had extensive experience working in the music industry doing photography, video and creative promotion for bands and venues across the u.s i love this episode it was so much fun to speak with jake jake is a complete expert when it comes to video and i knew that he was the person that i wanted to talk to one-to-one to get the best advice that i possibly could on incorporating video into your social media marketing mix so he drops gems about helpful tools if you're a beginner formats he gives you specifically four that you can use to kind of organize your content strategy for the videos that you create and he kind of shares a little bit behind the scenes of some of his favorite works that he's created for asi so it's a really fun episode so let's get into it i hope you enjoy jake thank you so much for joining me today virtually i appreciate your time Sure, anytime, Melissa. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I'm very excited to talk to you about video and social media. I feel like in the last couple of years, there's so many trends that have come and gone on social, but no matter what, video in some format always seems to be the constant. What do you think it is about video that people can't get enough of? Oh, you know, it's so funny. People ask, have asked me this for years. You know, people retain more information when they watch video. They learn more when they are actively seeing or hearing or taking in with multiple senses instead of just their eyes. When mm-hmm. they are taking in with something with multiple senses, it really kind of allows something in their brains to click and it makes something more exciting to them. Customers are really 10 times more likely to interact with a video than a block of text. which screams at a lot of different things that trigger the the something in my brain at least that says video is really important um using video on social media though is like so if we like spin it to that it's like is there a I, i would ask you is there a better thing to use on social media that would captivate and grab an audience You know, that's actually an excellent question because honestly, for me, I think as a visual learner, maybe I'm a little biased. I think video is wonderful because there's like kind of an interactive component. And I think what always draws people to social media is, for lack of a better way of saying it, the nosy factor. They want to see, they want to like have that glimpse into somebody else's life. So it's really powerful. Like, I follow a lot of entrepreneurs like in Philly because I'm, I'm really interested in that scene. So when somebody does like a live video, you know, a day in the life, you know, this is what it means to have a startup super cool to me. So I feel like you said, you know, it's very engaging and eye grabbing versus seeing like, you know, a long form blog post necessarily. Definitely. And look, I mean, I I hate to look back. I keep looking at a note sheet over here. I wrote down a few stats because these statistics change all the time and I always have to kind of relook them up but we've hit a point where 87% of anyone in marketing is using video now mm-hmm. so 
as far as social goes, I mean, I, I, I don't think there is anything that is more captivating right now. I think that it's probably one of the best mediums we have to utilize what you said, the ability to open up our lives and share with someone or the ability to teach someone or the ability to bring someone to something live at that moment and something that we're have, have happening. Um, it's really like the most effective medium. And if we look at our industry, the ability right now in the time that we're in in COVID are essentially all of the salespeople in the industry just got told that they have to work from home. And to shut down an interpersonal relationship that you've had or not had yet, you haven't had the chance to meet someone, what better way than to put a video, send them a personalized video, send them something from your phone, from you saying, hi, it's me. We haven't met in person, but this is me. And you get to see who you are, which is a powerful thing. And then the other side of it is, is if you're a salesperson and you're not able to go in and demo a product to someone, other than sending them a sample, which I very much say, send them a sample, right. but attach a video with it so they can see how it's, you're demoing it for them. I've always said, and I think Joe Haley does this well too, he said it too, from many, many, many years ago, going to the shows, the, the best tip I would have for video for like a, a distributor walking the show floor, suppliers yeah. are constantly there and they're like, come on over and look at my pen. It does this, this, and this. And if you take this, which is your phone, and you video them demoing the pen, you can send that video out to your client on the fly and it's a demo from the person who made the pen which is really amazing video video is the single greatest storytelling medium that we have other, uh, than, other than me <laughs> or you in person you know what i love that and i think that's the best way to describe it it's just like the ultimate storytelling medium and i I mean, you just gave a great example, but I'm glad that you did because I feel like for our industry and promo, from what I've seen, and I'm obviously new to this industry, but it is a spectrum. You know, I've really noticed there's people who I feel like there'll be a new feature that comes out, they adapt to it quickly and you see it immediately reflected in kind of like their content marketing mix. And then there's other people who I've spoken with, uh, professionals who are like, you know, sometimes I just don't feel like I can get a hold of it because things are always changing and I don't feel like I have that time. But they see the value in it, you know, at least like if they're not somebody who's able or equipped to tie like direct ROI, like they're not doing a paid campaign through Facebook or Instagram, but they want to have kind of that top of the funnel awareness piece on lock. Um, you know, if they wanted to use video, you know, what would be maybe some suggestions for them uh, on social, like some ideas you think? Hmm. Let's see. Suggestions for using video on social. I guess what do you mean? Do you mean what types of video should they be using on social or what platforms are they doing or how should they be using video? I mean, I, I'm not, I'm trying to decipher this question a bit. No, please. I'll gladly clarify with you. So honestly, 
because I know that you are super experienced, you know, if there's ideas to make it a little bit less intimidating, if you're trying it on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram, I think people spread themselves thin. They sign up for six different accounts. Maybe they really only have time for one. So I always preach like start on one, you know, get comfortable and maybe make uh, a choice for the platform that makes the most sense for your audience. Like if you're doing B2B sales, obviously LinkedIn. If there's a strong visual uh, component to what you're doing, like maybe you just set up a Shopify store and you're a small independent online boutique, you know, the product link that you can do for images and videos obviously is something that you would want to look into for social on Instagram. So I guess like if you're using, you know, video in a way, um, through your social media marketing mix as a promo professional, what do you think are some ways um, that people can use video? On okay, I got you. Media? I got it. Uh, so I love that you said limit your social media to one until you get comfortable. I agree with that completely. So I just throw that in there. Um, but so let's, let's break this down into two, two ways. Let's talk about the four types of videos that you can create. Okay. But before we even get into those, just know again, the phone, that your phone is the single best filming tool that you'll have. It's in your pocket all the time. You can always use it. Uh, it we're talking about the beginner right now. Someone mm -hmm. who has never really done video, but wants to utilize it more. Uh, the best things to do are just start shooting and start doing it. I, I, so many people are like, yeah, but it doesn't look good or I don't know what I'm doing. Well, <laughs> you're going to have to start somewhere. And let's think about these videos in four ways. Let's think about informational videos, tutorial videos, user-generated videos, which I really want to focus on, and live videos. So let's look at those four. And what are they? Informational videos could topper, cover any type of topic. You're going to use these to tell about your company, about yourself. If you remember the salesperson, maybe mm -hmm. you want to use an informational video that just introduces yourself talks a little bit about who you are and gives a call to action at the end. That's information. Just you're giving people info. Tutorials. These are great for product videos. These are the how-to videos. How do I, how do I use this pen? How do I use a wireless speaker? What is it about these products and how they work that is, that means something to me? These are, these are tutorials. I'm, I'm going to come back to user-generated videos. I want to go to live videos. Live videos are what they are. They are turning on whether it's Instagram Live or Facebook Live or YouTube Live or whatever live platform and actually live streaming. And the example I would give with that is when you're walking a show floor or when you're in a showroom or when you see products that you love for your clients, you can go live on this. Or you can have a show every week from your office where you discuss all the great things that are happening. Live videos have become a mainstay really in the last six months. We really were not, not really as a society up on live videos like they are today. Now I go onto my Instagram feed or, you know, Facebook or Twitch or whatever service I'm using to see something live. That's my new way of seeing concerts right now. So there are all different ways. Now let's go back to user-generated videos because I believe that this is where the power lies in this industry and it is so underutilized. What is the hardest thing for people to do is to get 
to, for a supplier to get a distributor to pass over end buyer info or vice versa. User generated videos are simply that, are distributors and buyers taking videos of their events at the events with the promo in action and the distributor using that as their marketing piece. That power is huge. And if we think about, let's take Amazon. I shop on Amazon based on the reviews of other people. And I do a lot based on how things are in reality, not in a marketing world. Um, and the, the reality of a user-generated video is that's that product in action at an event. And so you can see how many people are wearing it. Are people laughing? Are people talking about it? What's going on? What does it look like at an actual event? So that is huge. And we don't do enough of that in this industry. And that's something that is a real opportunity for the right distributor who wants to just start offering 10% off for user-generated videos or whatever deal they want to make. It's a huge deal. No, I really like that idea too, because honestly, you know, again, if you're interested in a product, it's 10 times different to see something in action versus to read a product description or you, or like you said, you know, as we're both marketing people, how you position something, not saying that you, you know, are going to lie, but you're presenting something like as an aspiration or to problem solve for somebody, right? So I feel like when it comes to marketing, you know, it's better to have something in your hands. And if you can't do that, especially during the times that we're in right now, where that one-to-one -one contact kind of, you know, is limited or, you know, large group trade shows or events or things like that, you know, are kind of out being able to see a video, you know, on social about how a product moves, what it looks like on a person, you know, their experience, or just sometimes like some of the videos that I will see um, that are user generated content, are you know the reviews like makeup tutorials like i just had the new fenty skin you know like spf and it has just made my skin so much better like i immediately want to go and put that in my cart you know because it's like that praise from you know an end buyer is you know 10 times more powerful than anything we could maybe put out you know about the positioning of it like that's going to sell more product i feel like than necessarily maybe we could you know which is ultimately why we have a whole new category of people called influencers. Yeah. <laughs> is there anybody actually too on that note? Do you think that, um, you know, in the promo industry, is there anybody who does influencer marketing well, or do you think that's kind of something that we haven't tapped into as much? I have names of people but I don't really would, I, I, I really don't want to promote people on here. So I'm no. going to leave it at that. I do think there are a few companies and individuals who are very good at influencer marketing based on who they are. Okay. Um, I would say that she would kill me for saying it, but Michelle Bell, since she's with ASI, would say is practices influencer marketing on a daily basis without even realizing that or very much realizing that that's what she does um but there are there are definitely 30 or 40 people if not more in the industry based on my knowledge hmm. who are influencers themselves and by 
recommending or pushing people to certain things, they are practicing influencer marketing. Do we have people who are hiring influencers to push their products around that? I don't know about. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I was curious as somebody who's been in this industry much longer, if that was something that you had, you know, the has closest, come The closest we came was I hired Devin Graham to be a speaker at the, and you can Google him if you want, Devin Graham. Mm -hmm. um, I hired him to be a speaker at the Power Summit. Right around the time he was right, he was right below a million subscribers on YouTube at that yeah. point. And now he's well over, I don't know, he's got to be in the hundred million. I don't know what it is. Something crazy. He's one of the, he's probably, he's definitely in the top 10 YouTubers in the world. Wow. I'll put him in the show notes for this episode for links so people can check him out. So yeah, yeah. He's interesting. So we definitely like, I saw that as an opportunity and jumped on it. Um, but I don't, you know, I, I would say that, I mean, this is a little bit esoteric for this conversation, but there is some trends going on right now. I don't, you know, I mean, if, I'm, so what's, what's happening right now is this. YouTube has created influencers who aren't trying to be influencers, but are actually cool people. And I don't want to sound like an asshole, but influencers don't really exist. And they can say they are, but it's not really true. Um, in the long run, the true influencers, in my eyes, have gained that because they have an, a level of expertise in something, not an amount of followers. Hmm. And so what we're seeing right now are pro athletes who are aging out of their sport mm -hmm. are converting what they do to YouTube shows and those YouTube shows are gaining mass followings and they're becoming influencers because of this and they're selling merch big time off of these channels and so technically they're influencers for promo for our industry. That's an interesting way. You know what? I, I like that take. And I think it's cool. Like, that's how I've always envisioned influencer marketing. And I know we're a little bit off the, the video topic, but okay, I feel it is like all video and it is video on social. It's YouTube is video on social. Yep. That's right. So speaking of, um, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, people starting maybe with their phone as somebody who obviously has a wealth of experience using different products and software to edit video. For somebody who is a beginner, maybe outside of their phone, is there apps or software that you think is beginner friendly? Sometimes Definitely. people- oh, Okay, what would you Definitely. recommend? Yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I am very much an Adobe Creative Suite person. So okay. what I'm going to recommend is, are the building blocks for someone to ultimately go into working professionally. And when I say professionally, uh, I would say, and Melissa, I, I bet you, you, you probably all agree. I bet you that almost any kid with a YouTube account right now, who's been fairly active for a year or two, 
probably wants to edit on the exact same tools that I do. Um, so with that in mind, I have a two-prong approach, and I've taught this before, and, I, and, and Joe would say differently because he teaches in a different way. And I would say that I am not, I, I guess, use whatever you have at your, at your advantage. So if you have a phone and you don't have any ability to put an app on there and you can't film, then find an old camera that'll film video. And if you don't have a computer, then just put the video up. But when you're ready to get into something, at least with phone editing, Adobe has two products, one for the desktop, it's called Premiere Elements, and one for the phone, which is called Premiere Rush. And essentially what they both are, they're both prep tools for when you're ready to move off of them, you move into Premiere Pro. And Premiere Rush is got all the same tools, almost as Premiere Pro, just a much simpler version for your phone. Okay. And Premiere Elements is a basic video editing program for your computer. And they both are, Premiere Elements is about $80. And Premiere Rush has got in-app purchases, so I, that could mean way more. I don't know. But they're both great. I use them, I've used them both. I taught, in fact, I went to school for film and learned non-linear editing on reel-to-reel -reel cutting film. And then I worked on an Avid system. This is back in the 90s. And so when I got back into editing video in the 2000s, I kind of had to relearn. Mm -hmm. and the, what I ended up, I started on iMovie like everybody, and then went to um, Premiere Elements. And Premiere Elements I used for 10 years and did all of my editing on Premiere Elements until I got a copy of Premiere Pro. And then I haven't looked back since, but it taught me everything that I needed for Premiere Pro. It was very intuitive then to make that jump. And so that's my, my Adobe should pay me for promoting both of them. Yeah. <laughs> because there are so many other ways. Look, I put down notes at towards the end of my notes. Oh, you're, what? you're, I can't hear you. You're, you moved right. away from your mic. I put, I put down some notes towards the end. There are two different platforms that I do not use, Melissa. Okay. One is called Biteable. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I've heard of it. Okay, so Biteable and Shaker, they're both templated video packages that you pay a percentage each month to this company and you get essentially a PowerPoint template that you can edit and move words around and bring in images and create videos with, put out your company and a lot of companies are utilizing biteable right now because uh video is tough and it's expensive and the production costs are crazy and we're lucky at asi to have me and some others that are in the house so that we can do that but if you don't have people those are kind of do it all yourself software packages um okay. they don't they're not I, i've looked at them a lot and i would say like it may be something, Biteable actually may be something that you would look into on for social media because it's a way of creating video quickly and easily. Um, it's just the personalization of it gets trickier as you go along. So you're kind of locked into templates. But for people who are really afraid to use anything, 
it may be worthwhile if you want to incorporate video into your company to look at Biteable. Thank you for those names. I appreciate it because honestly, it's such a spectrum. You know, it's such a spectrum of tools. There's stuff that I have uh, marketing peers that will suggest things to me, like we'll find new apps. You know, but often what I feel like is, um, you know, it's the one that makes the most sense. And like you said, it's also kind of like for skill or professionally, like for me, a lot of the jobs that I've applied to in the past or ones that I've worked in is Adobe or Final Cut are like the two that people always, it's like either your Adobe or your Final Cut. And Adobe. Yes, it's just like, it's so funny. But I can understand why, because it's they're awesome tools and for different reasons, like people have their pros and cons for each. But if you're somebody who, you know, maybe struggles to take a selfie in a way that's presentable, you know, like using Adobe Pro, like right off the bat, if you want to start with video, might feel, you know, a little overwhelming. So that's cool that there's other beginner options that are endorsed by pros that maybe people can kind of like training wheels on a bike can get comfortable That's exactly, with. you got it. If these are, these yeah. Adobe Premiere elements is like the beginner version of Pro with, mm-hmm. with it looks similar, but it's a lot more user friendly. And, uh, and Premiere Rush is even more user-friendly on your phone. Um, and, it's, and you're right. People are either Final Cut or Adobe. Yes. <laughs> and, we, and, 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 I, and they're both very similar, you know. I, not that people care, but, I, you know, Final Cut is essentially Premiere and After Effects put together in one. And it's really, it's a, it's a fine program. It works just as well. I just, I'm an Adobe person, so... Yeah, and it works for your workflow, you know, which makes sense, you know, whatever the software is going to get it done for you for what you need, you know, for whatever goal you have, you know. Well, Adobe also, now that they've moved everything into the creative suite, it's hard not to just go Adobe. I mean, anyone using Final Cut Pro probably also uses Photoshop and Illustrator and all the other Adobe products, so just give up on Apple and go to Adobe. You're like, I promise I'm not a brand ambassador. You're like, just do it. <laughs> I just, I, it just, it, it, they've made it so easy and it's made so much sense. So why not? Yeah. That's why I would start people who are beginners in the Premiere Elements or Premiere Rush. No, that's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing those. Sure. May I also ask as well, um, you know, I think paralysis or fear that comes from making a mistake on social hinders people from starting, you know, again, they feel overwhelmed. They're afraid they're going to put something out. It's, it's going to get a bad reaction or maybe not be on brand or, you know, come back negatively to them through their audience. So that being said, you know, are there common mistakes that you see with people using video on social media that people should avoid? Um, yes, I, we can say the, I, it, that's a hard one because uh, let me let me just give you the straight ahead answer and then I can give you my own answer. But yeah. the biggest mistake that this is not mine, this is just a general mistake, mm-hmm. is not telling a compelling story with your video, mm-hmm. not having a compelling reason to have video posted, something along those lines. My own personal things on social are over posting. Mm-hmm. Um, posting anything Mm. I'm I'm I don't feel like a lot of things are necessary I would say that 80 
90% of the posts out there are junk. Mm. And video will accentuate that. <laughs> um, video should be really good if you're going to post it. It should make sense and it should be something that people want to see. Um, I just, my own personal philosophy of social media is that you should only post things that really are special. Um, and that's my personal philosophy. So, you know, my post counts and followers are not as high as they would be because I just don't post on a daily basis because of that. And so the mistakes that I see people making are over posting a ton of stuff that doesn't mean a lot. And as a company, I think it should go even further where you really think what benefit does that offer and what story is that telling to the audience that is watching it? I like that. No, I think those are simple principles. You know what I mean? Like for me, there's stuff that I see, you know, like just small tweaks, but I feel like I definitely agree with you in regards to the frequency bit. But I feel like, again, sometimes when you enter the realm where you decide you're going to go all in on social media as a viable marketing channel, like out of my marketing mix, this is one of the channels I'm going to use to support my overall business goals. You know, you're kind of unsure of maybe where to start if you're a beginner. And that's kind of what the social angle is geared towards. So I feel like the common mistake I will see is the frequency piece, but it's more sometimes people getting comfortable and then they look at the quality, they look at the analytics of what performed well, and they really kind of um, narrow in, you know, like, hey, these tutorials that I keep doing that are on live, you know, or these like product showcases or, um, you know, whenever we have somebody new that comes in, that's like a vendor, you know, kind of doing a quick video with them. That's something that does well. Or when we do these more compelling campaigns that really capitalize on like digital storytelling, they go through the roof. So I feel like it's that, you know, kind of like trial and error piece, but I think people can definitely get some good nuggets from what you're saying is like, make sure it's a compelling story. Like what is going to compel somebody to watch it? you know, to dedicate a very precious minute of their time to like stop, you know, and view what you've created. I mean, just because you're, you believe that you're, we'll call this, this is the best glass in the world and you want to tell its story. Doesn't always mean that it's meant to go on to social media. I think that social media, especially if we're talking, if we're talking about LinkedIn, I let a lot more slide maybe. Really? Facebook I kind of I won't use anymore, but I use Instagram. And so I think that Instagram, if you're putting business posts up and there are videos of your products, they should be really well done and really mm -hmm. exciting and be something that doesn't just show me this pen spinning and then someone writing something. I wanna see something I want to see something interesting. It's social for a reason, meaning it shouldn't be work or it shouldn't feel like work. Not in my eyes. Um, but that's my personal philosophy. And what I say doesn't is not gospel or law. It is, it's just a take that I have. And video is one of those things like um, when I post video on my own Instagram page, it has to be for a really good in fact, if I post anything on there, it's got to be for a really good reason. 
No, I like that. And honestly, I can see that perspective because you're an artist. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of like the more that you tell me about yourself and your background and career, you're somebody who takes video as like an art form and you produce really high quality stuff. So I also like the emphasis on keeping things fun though too. Like yeah. that's different, you know, like it's compelling, but it's also, again, just not like your product circling on a dais or something like that. It's like, you know, what is an interesting way to introduce this product or service? to your ideal audience that's going to make them want to know more about it and then hopefully become a customer. Yeah, I think that goes along the other side of this. And I think this is a, I should have, I should have written this note next to my not telling a compelling story. Um, I think that knowing who your audience is in the social media that you have is really key to the content that you're creating because just because you want someone to buy something and you believe that that's the audience doesn't mean that it is. So understanding what your audience likes, analyzing it and continuing to put out what they want to see versus what you want them to see. I like that. So you've answered a lot of really good questions with a lot of awesome information. I can't wait to share this, but I always like to end with kind of a fun one. So out of, of all, the video that you've done in your career what is a project that you are the most proud of like so one question that you asked me that i i got i got nothing you know what? like I, <laughs> I love i love lots of videos that i've worked on i don't think that i you know i i here's this the short answer is this hmm. i i work so intently on certain projects like um let's take a, a number of years ago we worked on an every step of the way video that we shot um out on a location with someone hitting an alarm and yes. and that was that was uh, looking back on it now i look at it i'm like it's horrible really yeah but i did it so and at the time when i did it i was like i like this I really am into this. And now I look at it, I hate it. I don't like <laughs> anything about it. So it's a funny question you ask, like, what am I really proud of? I, you know, I have personal projects that I've worked on that I'm really proud of that I still stand up to, to this day. But usually within a month or two after doing something, Melissa, I never want to see it again. <laughs> Well, hey, it's an honest answer. And I've seen that video and I think it's so cute. I love it. Like, I don't know if that was your necessarily your goal for that video, but when I was interviewing for this company, I felt like that was one of the first videos when I was doing my research. And I was like, this is cool. This seems like a nice, genuine group of people. And I felt like that was conveyed in the video. And then when I interviewed and got hired and sensed from working here, that has rung true. So I feel like I think it's awesome. I think it's an awesome video. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It's one of the, you said it best. I definitely have an artist's soul and I love my stuff until I put it out and then I hate it. And I see all the things that are wrong with it and I want to do something else. And that's, that's a great thing though, because ultimately the video work only gets better and better as I get older. Because yeah. I never want to do certain things in certain ways again. And it just makes me improve constantly. Yeah, and I think that's the perfect note for us to end on is to always practice your craft. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jake. Sure. You were an awesome guest. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, a pleasure. Yeah.